This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Heartless. The darker it gets, the more you see. East London, home of the shiny demon teeth. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> well, we're not in Vietnam, so I can't say that. And uh, we watched and Tartless. We did, as suggested to us by Mr. Green. And we watched it, and it started at the beginning. Like they do often. Yes. Well, sometimes they start in the middle or the end, but those are usually Tarantino flicks. True. And we wait for a good Tarantino horror movie. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Or terrible. I'm afraid it would end up terrible somehow. Because I wanted it to be fun. Yeah, that's that's fair. But I digress. So uh, this movie starts out with. Protagonist man, old red face. Yep. Because <laughs> which I'm, is not racist. He has no. a birthmark. <laughs> yeah. It's just inappropriate, not racist. Yes, he's got a heart-shaped birthmark over his left eye, like all over his, like the left side of his face, basically. Yeah, and he is a uh, a photographer. You can tell because he takes a picture in black and white of an old baby doll. In a abandoned lot, he's definitely an artist. Yep. <laughs> Although he did artfully arrange a broken CD chunk, maybe to look like an angel wing next to the baby doll. Yeah, it was it was something. And he uh he apparently works for his, I guess brother, I think. Uh, yes, his brother who is basically old enough to be his dad the way it looks. <laughs> Yeah, and he heads to the studio where he's developing his negatives because he doesn't believe in that crap digital photography nonsense. Yeah, because, you know, you can only get the true picture with film, I guess, even though you can get way, way, way better resolution with a digital camera. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're not an artist. You wouldn't get it. I guess not, you know, and I guess the ability to take, like, thousands of pictures at a time instead of... 36 somehow is worse. Fair enough. I'm just saying. <laughs> and he's um he's developing his pictures and he sees some kind of freaky monster face in a window. Yes. And he and, but this this isn't that movie that we watched with the maggots the the in the body that was attacking the lady. Which movie was that? The house at the end of the lane, or something like that. Mm, mm. I don't remember. remember. No. Yeah. Okay. It was a movie we watched it for the podcast. I believe you. Brett would know because Brett remembers everything. He's like an elephant, and not just because he smells real bad and eats peanuts all the time. But he also walks really quietly, like an elephant. That's true. He's terrified of mice. 
<laughs> so, um, he goes to leave, but they're having a photo shoot with some hot chick. And the hot yeah, chick's all well, like, uh, oh, God, your fluid. face. Yeah. She's like, oh, you're, you're, oh, my God, you're ugly. Ah. Yeah. And that's important because reasons. Yeah, well, because he's got a big birthmark in his face, and apparently the only human reaction to have to it is, like, unapologetic horror. Yeah. Yeah, just, you gotta freak out and just be like, oh, God, what's wrong with your face? Yeah. <laughs> I say that all the time to people. <laughs> Especially when nothing's wrong with their face. Just to, you know, fuel a lifetime of insecurity. And even more often when he's looking in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he heads back to the house where he took the monster picture. And there's a bunch of uh, cackling vandals making in weird noises. Yeah, like, and they're in their hoodies, but making, like, weird animal noises as they make the fire get bigger. And, uh, one of them hears his camera, because, you know, the camera got to the end of the roll, so it makes the, the whir noise. Yeah, because it rewinds itself. And he which, runs over. Which a digital camera would not have done. That's true. Yeah. But then we would have missed the reveal. That these aren't people, maybe. Or they are. I'm not sure. They got demon faces with shiny teeth. Yeah. Which, which is actually a really cool visual, because they turn around, like, and all you can see, like, is, like, the shadow of the hood over their faces, but their teeth are, like, a silvery kind of gleam, which is really cool. I like that. And, uh, he just kind of says, well, that was an odd occurrence, and heads on to the local carryout where he buys a bunch of cling film or saran wrap if you're in the United States yeah and like and like an inordinate amount like he, he gets home and his mom is like why'd you buy so much cling wrap and she, he's like or cling film he's like I don't actually know I just bought some oh and uh, the, the guy at the counter tells me you know, if he needs protection he can sell him a gun yeah, it's it's a literal Chekhov's gun. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so, meanwhile, back at home, they're watching the local news, and it turns out that what he saw was actually a murder. Yes, because apparently these demon people like to throw Molotov cocktails at people and light them up. And oh, then there was a couple, like a, a dad and his daughter, who were uh, interviewed. And the dad's like, "Oh, they're wearing some kind of mask." And she's like, "No, they were wearing demon. They had demon faces. They weren't masks." He's like, "They were masks." Yeah, shut up, kid. <laughs> Definitely masks. And uh, ah, he he befriends his neighbor, which is a guy who Mickey, who has a suit. Uh, so it's not shiny nor green. No. And they go to um, Club Exposition. <laughs> yeah. For the sole purpose of hearing uh, Redface say, you know, it was hard having this birthmark because it was hard. 
in case, you know, the real subtle way that people have been reacting to it so far, you didn't pick up <laughs> on it. Yeah, the children screaming and running through the streets was not enough to alert us that he had a rough time. Well, I also find out that his dad is dead and was apparently a good dad, trying to make him feel better about his birthmark. And that was he was a photographer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, then there, then his mom has a birthday. Yep. And his. I guess nephew. Yes. Gives his mom a uh, big, gaudy, horrible-looking necklace. I think. Yeah, it's like a it's like a gold chain with a gold locket on it, like a big gold heart-shaped locket on it, like two inches across. <laughs> yeah. And it's... he's like, "It's real gold." And everyone's looking like, "How the fuck did you afford this?" And he's like, "What? What?" Or wall. Wall. <laughs> and then he uh he, he gets a phone call which results in him saying fuck a whole lot. In front of his grandmother. Yeah, which is wildly inappropriate. I think we all can agree. Yep, I can't imagine doing that in front of my grandmother. Yeah. So uh that happens and then other things happen after that. And it's not me just not remembering that's really how this movie's cut. It's weird. Yeah. Yep. And uh, oh, and then oh, and then uh, his neighbor Mickey shows up, like with three claw marks on his belly, and tells them that he's got a crocodile skin skin for his phone, and he's got a crocodile tattoo on his arm because crocodiles are cool because there are. Our link with the dinosaurs? <laughs> yeah. Says rational people all over the world. Yeah, I'm pretty sure birds might be closer relatives to the dinosaurs than crocodiles are. Yeah, but it fucks up his crocodile motif. I guess. We could have an ostrich skin skin for his uh, his phone. And uh, so Red, red Face is now out with his mom enjoying a, a whatever the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And they ended up at a bus oh, stop. Oh, they were going, they went to his dad's grave. To oh, that's clean it right. up. Because somehow they can, and, and okay, so this grave, the family was not, it's obviously not like the richest family ever. But his grave, they managed to put like a full-size, like human-sized statue on top of it. Like of an angel or Mary or somebody, and I was like, "How the hell do they afford that?" <laughs> I mean, just a tombstone is freaking expensive. <laughs> yeah, and this thing has like a brass plaque and shit on it. Yeah, they they spent their entire life savings on this guy's grave, apparently. And so then the his mother realizes she left her scarf back at the grave, so Redface goes to go get it and catches glimpses of demon kids like howling at him off and on as he goes back to get it. It's kinda creepy. It's good. Yeah. So then him and his mom are heading home and they're at the bus stop when the a whole bunch of those demon faced hooligans show up. 
and, you know, casually light his mom on fire. Yep. And he apparently doesn't take this very well. No, he's upset. So yeah. they, they beat the piss out of him. Yep. And then the, then he's in hospital. Yes. That's a very, very accurate way to say that. <laughs> so while in hospital, his brother and his nephew show up. And uh, he's not real happy about, you know, the whole mom being burned alive in front of him thing. So he and goes so and uh, they visits. break him out using face and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they they get him out of the hospital and he goes to the uh, the gun dealer dude and buys a gun. But they don't speak at all through that entire scene, which maybe is supposed to have some kind of significance that I don't understand. Mm, that'll be a recurring theme about this movie. <laughs> Maybe that has significance that I don't understand. Yeah, not not the silence, the, the lack of understanding. <laughs> yeah. So now he's got a gun with a silencer that he never uses. So that seems like an unnecessary purchase. Right, but he goes out. But he goes and start practices by shooting at one of the yellow snake skull things that they've painted on the sides of buildings. And so he's he shooting at first without the silencer, and he's shooting, like, all around the face. He puts the silencer on and then suddenly is far more accurate, which I believe is the exact opposite <laughs> of how silencers work. Yeah, I mean, I'm not Johnny Knows Everything About Guns, but I'm pretty sure that's not what happens. Yeah. And... Oh, and he sees a news report about how... Uh, there was an arm, severed arm, found in a playground, and it had a crocodile tattoo on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he knows so Mickey, right away. Yep, so Mickey has now killed uh, Harrison Ford's wife. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're going to search every doghouse and birdhouse and whorehouse <laughs> or whatever. I don't remember the bit. <laughs> it was something like and, that. Yep. And uh, and then uh, the model chick tries to deliver a plant to his neighbor, Mickey. Oh, not yet. Not yet. No. First, we have to we have to have our Faustian bargain. Oh, that's right. That didn't call. That was that was afterwards. Yes. So what he he Mickey's phone starts ringing in in his flat. Yeah. And uh, he answers it. And, like, tells him to come to some building. And then keeps giving pictures that lead him to the right floor and right apartment. Yeah. And, of and course, then, he has to take the uh, the lift up to floor 13. Dun, dun, dun. Of course. But, it, but it's, like, room 1572 that he goes into. <laughs> yeah. So why is it 15 and not 13? Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> I think they should call it room 13666 for that matter. But anyway, a little Indian girl opens the door. Yep. And uh, she takes him into the clearly porthole to hell. Yeah, it looks like kind of like Silent Hill when the, uh, uh, the the sirens go off. Like, that's what the inside of this apartment looks like. I was like, oh, this looks like hell. And then when he starts talking to the dude, and the dude he's talking to is obviously the devil. And I'm like, oh, 
No, this is like literally hell. <laughs> yeah, so this is when we meet the devil, or as he's known in this place, Papa B. Yeah, I'm not sure why, where that comes from. Uh, I assume for Beelzebub, that's my guess. That's what I figured too, but that was, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it doesn't sound any less stupid when you say it out loud, if that makes you feel any better. Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Papa B's like, okay, so here's what's going on. What I did was I had my demons set your mom on fire so you'd come here so then you'd be more willing to make the agreement with me about your soul and stuff. Which yeah. doesn't seem super intuitive, but hey, what do I know? So, so what you'll do, is, what we'll do is we'll take away that, that nasty birthmark for you and in exchange, I don't know, you can like paint God sucks on some walls every now and then and we'll be even. Yep, and all he has to do is um, set himself on fire with the magic Molotov cocktail. Yep, and then he looks like Frank from Hellraiser for a little while. Yep, and then just intuits it's time to peel off his burnt skin. Yep, (laughs) well, because he was done cooking on the inside. (laughs) And then he's uh, he's all cool now. He no longer has his horrible, hideous birthmark. Yep. And uh, the the kids outside call him Elephant Man, and he is like, what you talking about? I don't have any problems now. And that's when the model tries to deliver a plant to Mickey and apparently almost passes out because the plants are heavy. Yeah, crazy heavy. Um, or maybe she's just not eating because she's a model. I don't know. Well, that particular plant only grows in depleted weapons-grade uranium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very dense soil. So they uh, instantly hit it off, and they uh, they have uh, a little photo shoot in the park because it turns out they both fancy themselves photographers. Because they only use film, not that crappy digital stuff. And uh, all this time, old uh, Redface is waiting for the weapons man. Yep. Which apparently is the guy that shows up after you make your Faustian deal. Yeah, but it could be like anywhere from like, what, 60, up to 60 years later he'll show up? Yeah, or seven hours. Yep. (laughs) And this dude's at least entertaining. Yeah. And he basically... It's like, okay, so my job is paperwork mostly. So, you know, let's just verify your address and blah, blah, blah. Let's see what the computer says. It says here, uh, looks like you're going to have to cut a guy's heart out and throw it on a church by midnight on the next full moon. And old Redface is like, uh, wait, no, I'm pretty sure it was like spray painting God's a dork or some shit. (laughs) And Weapons Man just laughs at him because he's like really you thought that's what you're gonna have to do <laughs> yeah and I turns you were lied to. <laughs> yeah and old red face is like what's, what's, the devil's a liar Pff, i refuse to believe that <laughs> and weapons man's like no really seriously you are, are you stupid why would you think that he's the prince of lies and shit bro like come on <laughs> And then he grabs a dousing rod and does a very unconvincing dousing act <laughs> to find a dagger hidden in Redface's dad's travel trunk. Yeah. 
you know, because that's where you keep your ceremonial daggers, I guess. Yep. And he said, oh, here's the weapon you're going to have to use for this. And he's like, and now I'm out because I've done my job. And uh, Red Face is like, uh, but I'm not going to do that. And he, I need to talk to, to Papa B. And Weapons Guy like, you sure you want to do that? He's like, yeah, I need to talk to Papa B. This is all wrong. He's like, okay. And then Red Face just starts slamming up and down in the hallway against the ceiling, against the floor, to the ceiling, to the floor. <laughs> To the windows, to the walls. I, I mean. Yeah, that's a, that's a good little John, bit. <laughs> and um, uh, so he acquiesces because he doesn't care for all this bouncing around shit. Yeah, he likes to keep his ribs unbroken. And uh, turns out that he has to get it done by the end of the day because that's when the full moon is. Yep. So he goes out and finds a. Uh, Finds himself a victim. Who actually turns out to not be the victim he decides to do because the guy like gets kicked out of a bar for being an asshole. It's like, oh, well, this guy's an asshole. At least maybe like he'll be worth killing. Do the world a favor. Then they go stumbles over to another bar and the guy's like, oh, dude, yeah, you're here. Woo! And they're like, okay, I guess I'm not killing that guy. Yep. So he goes with plan B, and that is the uh, male prostitute guy. Standing in front of the giant heart graffitied onto the wall and yeah. uh, the, the little Indian girl Belle I believe she's called in the movie shows up and uh, keeps trying to convince him to kill this guy so that they can be dad and daughter she starts calling him dad at some point which is really creepy yeah because apparently Papa B struck her because she got too familiar with Red Face or something yeah. So uh, she guides him in his quest to murder a gigolo and cut out his heart. Yep. Uh, involves uh, telling because the gigolo's like, "Well, what what position do you want?" And uh, the girl's like, "Tell him he needs to be silent and still." So Redface does because he just basically repeats whatever she says in front of this guy, and uh, he's like. Oh, I know what you want. You want that the, that mummy thing that's all the rage now. <laughs> well, if we have some cling film, we could use that. So <laughs> we have Chekhov's cling film sold to us by Chekhov's gun dealer. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, he does he does the deed, and uh, wraps him all up in cling film, and then cuts his heart out. Yep, and just makes it in the the stroke of midnight to the church. Yeah, I did like, though, that as he's cutting the guy's heart out, he did almost vomit. Which yeah. Was, I was like, yeah, I could see that uh, get bothering me, too, so <laughs> I'm glad they, they threw that in. And uh, so he thinks everything's cool. Things are getting hot and heavy with uh, the model chick. They're, you know, living together. There's a little montage about how they're, like, having the sexual relations and whatnot. Yep. And that she is showing him her family's photography book. Yeah, which you don't just do to anybody. I mean, that's very important. Yeah. It's very intimate. Yeah. And, uh, turns out, old Papa B is kind of pissed off about this whole Belle living with him thing now. And he's like, well, yeah. you've, you done fucked up. 
I don't care for that. So now you got to murder somebody else. And he's like, eh. Who? Why? What? And he's like, oh, just that broad you've been shacking up with. You know, no big no big whoop. Yeah. The, you know, the woman that you, uh, that you love, uh, you're going to have to murder her. So, or else you'll, or else I'll cut your head off and eat your cheek like I'm doing to Mickey over here. <laughs> yeah. Who's still alive. Yep, yeah, still conscious, and just I hear the cheek is the tenderest part of the face. So yeah, delicious. It's good eating. And he uh, he agrees to it, but he's not super stoked on the whole thing. Yeah, but he doesn't want to have his face eaten over a thousand years. Yeah. So it turns out that his model girlfriend needs to hide her photography book in the safe where they keep all the jewelry at the photo place because people get robbed at places. Yes. And he's all like, that doesn't seem like a bunch of goddamn nonsense. I'll go do that immediately. Uh, And Belle's like, great, you can kill her there. Yeah. So they head to the photography place and it, things are weird between the two of them. Yep. And right when he's getting ready to, you know, murder her, his nephew shows up because it turns out that he stole the necklace from the gang he's part of. And that model girl was really just pretending like she wanted to make the sex with him so she could get to the jewelry so then they could get it back for the gang. Yes. But now she really loves him. Yes. Yeah. And she feels so, real bad. And so Nephew pulls out a gun, and Nephew and Model struggle, and someone gets shot. Only, it's pretty obvious that it was the Model the whole time that was shot, so I'm glad they didn't try to do the whole, like, like oh, like, no, I was really the one who was shot and died. So, that was, at least they didn't, like, pull that bullshit on us this time. Yeah. That's true. And then a gang shows up outside. Mm-hmm. And so Nephew runs out to go deal with them because, you know, he's got his, his piece. And yes. apparently things go south there because then uh, Lobster Claw shows up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he gets Lobster Claw's nephew in the leg and then busts in. And this guy is... The uh, supposedly the cream of the crop of the London underworld, and um, he gets killed in about twelve seconds. I do love though that his name is She. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So he he is named She, so I liked that. That was good. Uh, I did also. I kind of liked though when uh, Redface, well, no longer Redface, uh, just stabs him in self-defense, but apparently just gets him right in the heart, and the dude just drops. Like, there's no, there's no like, death scene, really. It's just, bleh. Yeah, he's dead. just dead. <laughs> and then people... That made me laugh. I like that. People show up, which are either members of the gang or the demons looking for him because the deal can't be done, or both, possibly. It's, it's both. I'm this pretty is, sure. At this point, the movie it, it goes a little, a little weird. Yeah. So yeah, so they chase him around. Uh, one of the dudes 
one of like there's a dude who comes out like as a full demon, but he's got the same hands that Papa B has. So apparently that giant demon is Papa B. And then he runs into another building. Yeah, he, he has a scrap with some lesser demons. Yep. And whoops and, their asses, uh, so I'm not sure what he was so worried about. Yeah, he goes like full like staff fighter with a uh, a pole from a chain link fence. So that was fun. And then he yeah. ends up in, in some apartment. And, uh, I don't know, tells Papa B that he's not scared anymore. And yep. pa- Papa B's like, oh no, you're not scared, I better leave, this is all fucked. My shit only works if you're scared. So yeah. you're not scared, so I guess I can't affect you anymore. And then he, I don't know, takes a nap or some shit, because it's several hours later when he comes back outside. Yep. And he comes back out, and there's some of those demon gang members there. Except there's also a demon face on the ground, because apparently it's just a mask. And another dude takes off his demon mask, and they shout at him. And then they throw a Molotov cocktail at his feet. Yep. Which lights him on fire. Uh, like it does. Like you do. Well, I mean, it, it's not a person, Chris. Molotov cocktails, they're, they're not people. That's horrible that you say that out loud. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm an I'm an anti cocktailist. Like, <laughs> I never would have guessed that out of you, Troy. I know, I'm terrible. And um, as he's on fire, he remembers the time that his dad told him that it it it's dark in the woods and you can see stars more good. And the darker it gets, the more beautiful things are because of the dark. And then he turns into his grown-up self and is much happier about being on fire than he was previously. And then he ascends into a bright-lighted area, which is maybe heaven? Yeah, maybe. And then the movie ends. Yep. I hope you like ambiguity. I'm Actually, I don't really know if I like ambiguity or not. That's fair. <coughs> so, Chris, what did you think of this movie? Um, I want to like it. It's got an interesting premise. the The main actor guy, Old Redface, does a pretty good job. I like a lot of the the sets and the, the whole atmosphere works pretty well. But it's a little confusing in the first two thirds and by the time you hit the last third it's a lot confusing it's one of those things that they left open because they want to feel all like smart and stuff and say oh just you know figure it out for yourself you you can tell it tell us what it means dear viewer but really it seems like a cop out because they didn't know how to end this goddamn thing it's it has a really good premise of poor execution uh, it's interesting I mean you could do worse I have done worse when it comes to watching something <laughs> if you want something a little bit different a little slow sometimes but a little not your normal fare I say give it a go it's not like it doesn't have any redeeming qualities it's just not not the total package you would hope for 
by the end. What do you think, Mr. Troy? Uh, I generally agree. Uh, it had some weird pacing to it. Like, I remember messaging Chris going, I feel like this movie is almost over. Like, because, like, just they, they were hitting all the, all the story, like, all the, the pacing of a movie ending. Only we were 30 minutes in. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we're not actually done with the movie. But it kind of feels like we are. But, oh, no, we're not. Uh, so, yeah, so the pacing is kind of odd. Um, like, the visuals are fun. I, like I said, I really like the, uh, the shiny, glowing demon teeth underneath the hoods of the hoodies. Though That was great. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I hate to say I feel torn about this movie, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's like they had a good idea, but couldn't, couldn't, ex- couldn't just couldn't get it out of their brain into a film. Um, you know, like something was there, they were stopped up somehow creatively. I don't know, but it was, yeah, I don't know. Like I wanted to like this movie. I like parts of it. Uh, it hangs together. Well, I mean, like you said, the atmosphere is really great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like they were like, well, we really don't know what we're trying to say at the end of the movie. So we'll let you decide. Cause that way we don't have to come down one way or another on things. And I don't know. Like that takes away a lot of the punch for me. Cause I was like, wait, is he, has he been dead for a while now? And this is a whole Jacob's ladder thing. Or is he just dying now? I like, and this is like, you know, the some a bunch of this is just the stuff flashing before his in his mind before he dies. Like, is he going to heaven now? Even though he literally cut the heart out of someone. Um, I mean, I don't care if you like say fuck you to the devil. I'm pretty sure murder still qualifies or still disqualifies you from heaven. I I would think. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's. I, I just I don't know what to think about this movie. I I don't know what to say. May, if you want, if you want to feel confused, and want to just sit and ruminate on a movie for a while afterwards, you could do worse than this movie. So if you're feeling that way, watch this movie. If not, I don't know. I feel like you could probably skip it. I don't think it's going to add too much to the you know to your enjoyment of life. Yeah, eh, there's something to be said for an interesting failure. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad movie. It's just, it feels like it could be greater than it is. Yeah, I can concur with that. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it hurts him more than it hurts you or something. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah, I phrased I that. <laughs> but anyway, next up. We have a little something that goes by the name of Frankenstein Girl versus Vampire Girl. Yeah, which could only be recommended to us by Kylie. Yes. Thank you, Kylie, <laughs> in advance. Uh, you have a very good track record here. Yep. Uh, I believe we're going to have Brett for that episode, but we won't have me, so I'll be a little saddened by that. But I'm kind of excited for Brett to finally get to watch one of Kylie's like really wackadoo Japanese movies. Because I think the only one he's seen that she's recommended is Taxidermia. Yeah, which was not Japanese, but was wackadoo. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I'm, I have great hopes for him. I will be sad to miss him, but I will be uh, traveling so I can go see the sun be blotted out by the moon. How exciting. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that will be scary for some people. So, Chris, if you wanted to ask me how people could uh, suggest movies to us, how would you do so? I lost my headphones. What's going on? <laughs> you got silent. So I was like, "So, Chris, if 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 you wanted to tell me how to that to re- have to tell people how to recommend movies, how would you do so?" <laughs> oh, that's what I get for technical malfunctions. No, no, you're supposed to ask me to ask to to do that. So say, Troy, what if people don't get totally terrified the fact that the sun is gone and, you know, assume pagan deities are coming to consume us all, and they would like to recommend a movie? Well, there are quite a few ways to do that. Uh, Facebook is a good one. If you go to facebook.com and search for Slaughterhouse Princess, you will find us there. Uh, we have a Discord surfer, which can easily be found at discord.slaughterhouseprincess.com. Uh, we have an email address, which is uh, shppodcast at gmail.com. No. No, it's no? Not. no. I don't remember it's it all now. Slaughterhouseprincesspodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so I abbreviated. Sorry. Yeah, so slaughterhouseprincesspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, there's Twitter, which is slaughterprince which is Slaughter Princess, with no vowels in Princess. We have a subreddit, which I know is SHP Podcast. So uh, that one is correct. Um, Oh, and if you would like to throw a few dollars in gratitude our way, you can always go to our Patreon, which is patreon.slaughterhouseprincess.com. I believe we are still working our way towards that $100 reward level for uh, all of our listeners. But uh, or $100 goal level. Um, is that everything? Did I miss anything? That seems like most of it. You can always go to slaughterhouseprincess.com. Well, yes, but, I mean, everyone knows that already. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll find handy links to most of our other uh, places you can find us. Yes, and also all of our old episodes, uh, yeah. most of which are you probably don't want to listen to. Mm-hmm. So come back next time for Frankenstein Girl versus Vampire Girl, which I will imagine is a touching coming-of-age drama. <laughs> and you'll hear Brett probably do something like, Bleh! And then, then the guys were guys in masks, so there were the demon guys, and then also guys in masks, or the guys in masks were the demon guys?